Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Starting Sustainability, a podcast for those who want to start a sustainable lifestyle and just aren't quite sure how. It's going to tell you the simple steps of achieving your goals towards a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Today, we're going to go over reducing kitchen waste, episode number four. I do want to first review what we went over last week. Last week we discussed bathroom products. (laughs) If you missed it. So here's a quick recap. We discussed the bamboo toothbrush to use instead of the plastic toothbrush, to use a metal tongue scraper instead of the plastic one, a do-it-yourself toothpaste, Because toothpaste is fine, but the tube it comes in is plastic. So there was a do-it-yourself toothpaste recipe. I'm going to come back and touch on that in just a second. The different types of dental floss that you can use that would be compostable or cruelty-free, vegan, whatever you're looking for. Shower curtain ideas using a burlap and a hemp shower curtain instead of the plastic ones. Using a sponge instead of the plastic-based loofah to use a real sponge or a bamboo brush with bristles on the end that would be biodegradable. And then we went over to the different options for shampoos and conditioners. They have a bar form, a bar, a shampoo bar, a shampoo conditioner, and there is a service through Plain Products where you will purchase shampoo and conditioner and they'll mail it to you. It'll be in aluminum containers. And then when you use up the shampoo and conditioner, you can, they will actually mail you refills and you return the old empty bottles and that way they keep using the aluminum containers over and over and that's for the liquid form of shampoo conditioner. They also do it for body wash and hand lotion. We also reviewed the different options for razors because the plastic razors are cheap in quality and disposable so we went over a stainless steel razor. If all of this is overwhelming we also discussed making a very simple switch when you use Q-tips to get the ones that have a hard cardboard middle instead of the plastic middle. We reviewed hairbrushes. You can get a a plastic-free hairbrush. That's basically a bamboo hairbrush. And a moisturizer lotion bar. Do-it-yourself deodorant, which I was not brave enough to try that recipe yet. (laughs) We discussed cleaning supplies like having a basket of different rags available, leftover t-shirts, old towels that aren't soft anymore. You can cut those up, make those rags that we have a quick cleaning supply area and using citrus such as oranges or lemons to help clean and do an antibacterial wipe down all over the surfaces of your bathroom. And the very last thing that we discussed was toilet paper because <laughs> that is a big waste. It's expensive and it's a big waste. This may not be up for you. This is for those who are really taking the challenge seriously that you can buy toilet paper that's made from recycled paper and reduces the amount of trees getting cut down. You can also purchase toilet paper is wrapped in paper instead of being wrapped in a big layer of plastic. Most of the toilet paper comes in one gigantic layer of plastic. All that's thrown away. So you can look for the toilet paper rolls that just come with paper on top of them. If you're looking for a more financially feasible option or just really trying to save the earth, I guess. This is up to you. You can also invest in reusable toilet paper. 
yes, this exists. <laughs> it's basically cloth squares. You can buy reusable toilet paper, cloth squares. You can buy them off of Etsy. I'm sure you could get them off of Amazon or other places. You can also make them yourself. I won't go into much more detail, but for if you are interested and want more details, please review episode three. So now we will continue on with episode four. Woohoo! The kitchen waste, as promised. Oh wait, I did want to recap real quick. When it comes to the homemade toothpaste, I learned some interesting things. So the reason I did not do that was because after the last episode recording where I challenged myself to give that a try, I was looking it up. For those of you who don't remember, the homemade toothpaste was coconut oil, baking soda, and essential oils. And the concern there was the essential oils. And so I found an article from askthedentist.com, which seems decent. The author is a dentist himself. And his concern was the essential oils, they are antibacterial. However, they are very strong and they will kill both the good and the bad bacteria. Obviously, we want to kill the bad, but we want to keep the good bacteria. So I did not do that, but I did find the same guy. He made his own recipe for do-it-yourself probiotic-based toothpaste. And for you chocolate lovers, <laughs> it is chocolate-flavored. So it says it takes, it's by Dr. Burheen, B-U-R-H-E-N-N-E. That's the guy who made this. It takes five minutes to prep, 10 minutes to cook, 15 minutes total. Will last will yield five to seven days for a family of four who use it twice a day. The ingredients are four tablespoons of organic coconut oil, four tablespoons of food-grade bentonite clay, and the bentonite clay helps break down the bacteria and take away the plaque and buildup and stuff on your teeth. It's a cleaning tool. It's a cleaning ingredient, I should say. Sorry. Half a teaspoon baking soda, two tablespoons xylitol, which is... A sugar, an artificial sugar sweetener, so that's just going to make it taste a little bit better. Two capsules of fructooligosaccharides probiotics. No idea how much those cost. <laughs> Two capsules spore-based probiotic, such as a megaspore or prescript assist. Half teaspoon cocoa powder. One and a half teaspoons ginger powder. One half teaspoon cinnamon. One half teaspoon vitamin E oil four tablespoons distilled or filtered water. So I have not tried this because once I read that, I thought, wow, that's a lot of ingredients and a lot of work for it to last only five to seven days. So my purpose on this sustainable journey is to find stuff that is doable, simple, and financially affordable. So to me, this is too much effort, too many ingredients. Not sure how expensive it is, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be way more expensive than just buying a tube of toothpaste. So in my opinion, this one didn't make financial sense or time efficiency-wise, time management-wise, did not make sense. So I did not do it. I'll continue being on the lookout for a simpler but also healthy and effective do-it-yourself toothpaste. So I'll keep you up to date on that. Okay, so now back to episode four. For real this time, I promise. <laughs> Into the kitchen, how to reduce kitchen waste. There are many different ways to do this. So the way I have structured it is just kind of going through one by one the items that we have and how we can simply replace them. The first item would be your sponge at your kitchen sink. Majority of us, including me, use a synthetic sponge because it is super cheap. You know, the yellow one with the green Brillo pad on the back, that's the one. You use it and after a very short period of time, it seems like it'll get funky and stinky. 
So I have always got it wet and microwaved it to get rid of the stinky bacteria. You just get it wet, you microwave it, and then you rinse it underwater to get rid of the stinky bacteria. However, I was reading a report when I was doing research for this podcast that that is actually not a very effective cleaning method, which kind of broke my heart because <laughs> I've been doing it for a while. When you do it that way, it only gets rid of the weak bacteria. They were saying to properly clean it. This is from Scientific Reports, July 2017, that you need to clean it in hot, soapy water and then microwave it for two minutes while it's wet. must be wet. If you microwave a dry sponge, it will catch on fire. Make sure it is wet and then microwave it for two full minutes. I would microwave it for 30 seconds at home, and it would when I would pick it up out of the microwave, it would burn the daylights out of my hand. We'd almost have to turn on the cold water and put the sponge underneath of it in order to use it to wash the dishes. Because now you're waiting a while before you can even use the sponge. So if, if you are using these in a way to extend the life, that way you don't have to use as many of them and create as much waste, is to do the microwaving trick. Or if you don't have a microwave or you don't want to microwave it, you can boil it in a solution of a half a teaspoon of concentrated bleach plus one quart warm water. I don't know about you, I understand bleach is a very strong antibacterial solution. I am uncomfortable using bleach on something like the sponge that is now going to clean a food surface because I know you should not be eating bleach. Now you can get scientists in here and discuss about concentrations at a lower concentration, it's safe and whatnot. I just don't want it in my body even at a lower concentration. So <laughs> I wasn't excited about either of those options. So at the end of the scientific report, it did say the takeaway was to either get a large pack of the disposable sponges and change them out every week. I don't know about you, but I definitely keep mine way longer than one week. And if you follow that rule, yes, it'll be sanitary, but it will be very wasteful. Or you should invest in antibacterial wipes. Again, wasteful, so not a solution yet. Or invest in a microfiber cloth. Ding, 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 ding. There we go. That's the answer I was looking for. A microfiber cloth that you can now wash in your washing machine at the end of the week. I can do that. Or at the end of the day, depending on depending on how often you use it. If you're cooking every single day, every single meal, yeah, you're going to want to wash that a little bit more often. <laughs> that solution works for me. In addition to the microfiber cloths, if you are looking for other sustainable options, you can invest in dish rags. These are available all over the place. You can get a pack of eight of them, they're 12 by 12, 12 inches by 12 inches, eight of them dish rags for four to six dollars. That's where I found them at the stores that I looked at. I looked at Big Lots, Marshalls, Ross, Walmart, and Meyer. We have Meyer here in Indiana. And those, it was between four to six dollars. Well, I mean, you could up it and get fancier ones if you want to. I was going for the low budget ones that would still work. And I did discover that they did have anti-bacterial dish cloths available at the Big Lots store. So I was very excited about that. I bought some of those. And just use those to do your dishes and scrub with. They're terry cloth on one side and they usually have a little, sometimes they'll have a netting material on the back. But the point is you just keep using them over and over and over versus the sponge that would get thrown away. Another sustainable option is your cleaning brush. I didn't even know that these cleaning brushes existed, I'm gonna be honest, until we had a kid and we had to get the bottle brush. And the one that we got is 
plastic with little spongy thingies on the end. So we're going to continue. We've had it for 10 months now. We're going to continue using it until we cannot use it anymore because to just go plastic three and throw the plastic away just to get new stuff. I'm like, okay, well, the purpose of going plastic free is so we stop throwing plastic away. So as long as it's still in use at your house, you're still using it, it's not in the landfill, then I'm okay with you continuing to use plastic. That makes sense to me. Just throwing it and getting out of your house didn't actually do any good. All you did was contribute it to the landfill. But the next time that you need to get a cleaning brush, you can get a bamboo cleaning brush, which would be wood base, and we'll even have a, a metal bit through the end that holds all the bristles. Completely plastic free, all each individual component will break down or recyclable. That's a winner to me. There are also natural sponges available, if you did not know this. I used to live in Tampa, Florida, and just north of Tampa, Florida is Tarpon Springs, where they would go and harvest the sponges. I talked about this in episode three just a little bit. And there were different types of sponges when they would harvest the sponges I mean we're going out into the ocean and getting the sponges off the ocean floor and they would harvest those sponges and use them and there are different varieties of sponges just like you have different varieties of trees and the different trees have different types of wood and your wood is hardwood softwood and it's used for different things same thing with the sponges there are different types of sponges that you can use some for the kitchen sink you'd use other ones the really soft ones to wash your face you'd use other ones really tough ones to like clean your car or I guess you'd want the soft ones for your car. You want the tough ones for any hard, grimy, sticky surface that you're trying to scrub clean. But the point is they have different sponges for different applications, so you can invest in a natural sponge. But my, my absolute favorite and cheapest option is to reuse your cloth. So if you have old bath towels, old t-shirts, cut them up, turn them into rags, cut them into 12 by 12 inches, and turn those into a reusable, reusable dishcloth that will replace your sponge. The next area in the kitchen is napkins. So many, many people use paper napkins, and that's fine. I'm guilty of it. We've used paper napkins. About two months ago, I decided to buy cloth napkins. I saw a YouTube video of how to make cloth napkins, and I thought, well, that's neat, but that sounds like a lot of work. And to go out and buy the fabric at five, six dollars a yard. The the reason I was looking and buying the fabric, normally I'd re preach reuse what you have. I didn't have anything to reuse at that time. <laughs> I was like, oh, actually I don't have anything that I'm trying to get rid of or reuse or repurpose right now. Everything's good the way it is, but I really want to get rid of this habit of paper napkins. Every time that we have a meal, I wanted cloth napkins. So I went on the hunt and it was, it was a hunt. They are not that common. <laughs> I did find some at Marshall's, they are about $2.50 to $3 each. Ross did not have any. Meyer had some that were 3 to $4 each and up. They had some more expensive ones as well. Walmart had them at $2.50 each. And Bed Bath & Beyond had some in their clearance section. So you could register on your wedding registry. And they definitely had some more expensive. You can find napkins up to $10 each. They do have very elegant linen, very top stain-resistant, wrinkle-free napkins. I went for the clearance ones that were 99 cents. I did not care if they were mine wrinkled. <laughs> I did not buy the wrinkle-free ones. Mine do have stains on them by now because we've been using them for two months. I did not buy the stain-free ones. I bought the 99 cent ones, mostly because I just wanted to try it out. And I'm not gonna lie with you, I love them. I absolutely love having cloth napkins. And I'll tell you why. The very first time we went to use them, we had barbecue chicken off the grill, which like the, the drumsticks, the ones you have to eat with your hands to get all over your face and they're greasy mess. And 
we each, there were four of us eating them. We each had one napkin and we each, by the end of the dinner, still had only one napkin. If we would have had paper napkins, we probably would have gone through 10 each. I'm not even kidding because <laughs> it was a very messy meal. That part I really loved. Do be smart about your napkins. Think it through. If you're going to do just plain white, be prepared. You're probably going to get some stains unless you're planning on bleaching them or sun bleaching them or whatever. I picked out napkins that had a lot of patterns in them and I picked out dark colors. So I picked out a, a navy blue, I picked out a green one, I picked out a napkin that had stripes and a plaid one. I picked out one that had busy patterns on it so that way you couldn't see the stains as easily. There are a few little stains here and there. If I really wanted to, I could put some stain remover on them and take care of it. And when I pull them out of the dryer, yeah, they're wrinkly and they're curved over. I could sit there and iron them. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's just my husband and I majority of the time. And when we have guests, they're just impressed that we have cloth napkins. They think that's fancy. They don't even care if they're slightly wrinkled or whatever. And we just cram them in the kitchen drawer. So I am obsessed with the cloth napkins. I really, really enjoy that. To me, that was worth it. The next thing for kitchen waste is paper towel. And to be honest, that's... We do have paper, we did, I should say, we did have paper napkins. Majority of the time we took paper towel and folded that and that was our paper napkin. But we did have official paper napkins for a long time. And I'm trying to reduce the paper that we're going through. Mostly because you just buy it and throw it away and then buy it and throw away. And it's not recyclable anyways. It's covered in food and it's the wrong fiber length. So to me, the cloth napkins is great. Paper towels, that's a very tough one to eliminate. In my opinion, it's the toughest one to eliminate out of your kitchen because it is used for everything. We use it for napkins as discussed. Anytime that there is a mess, we will grab it versus a sponge or dishcloth or a hand towel. I don't know why I always just go for the paper towels. I think it's because we see them first. We see them, it's easy to go grab the entire roll and bring it with you. It's just an easier thing to grab and you're always in panic mode. Once something spills, you must clean it right away, especially if it's liquid because it's going to keep spreading. And then the last one is really nasty messes. <laughs> like animal waste or vomit, which I'm probably going to keep some paper towel on hand just for those really nasty messes because I don't really want that going through my washing machine. I know that it can. I know it'll be fine. Just mentally, it's a little bit harder to prepare for that. But I figure if I can reduce the paper usage when it comes to napkins and little messes, that's still a significant improvement. Outside the kitchen, what do we use paper towels for? Dusting which can easily be used with a regular towel or microfiber cloth of some type. Windows, you can use, they do have special polishing cloths that you can use on the windows. My husband always uses newspaper. So like we have the newspaper, it's going in the recycling bin. We'll give it a second purpose, we'll reuse it. We'll use it to clean the windows. He is adamant that you must use newspaper on windows because you won't get streaks. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. I just let him do it. I'm just happy he's cleaning the windows. That's fine by me. Cast iron pans, you use the paper towels to wipe them down to remove the grease and the gunk. But I definitely agree that it's okay to use a regular towel on that. You don't have to do the paper towel. I did see this little tidbit when it comes to paper towel usage. After you oil your sewing machine, you're supposed to run the paper towel through it because it will pick up on the grease that way your grease doesn't get on your clothes or your fabric. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I sew and I have never, ever done that. <laughs> I've never actually oiled my machine, so maybe I should look into that. But again, if you have a small scrap somewhere, which everybody who sews has scraps somewhere, <laughs> you might not be able to make a lot out of them, but it's enough to run, your, to run through the sewing machine to collect the grease. So that's fine. Other tips for paper towel usage. 
was to, when you go grocery shopping and you get herbs or greens, you're supposed to put wet paper towel in there to extend their life. I've never heard of that, <laughs> but I guess that's something you could do. But again, does it really have to be a paper towel? I think you could use a regular, you could use a cloth napkin or any piece of cloth or rag or fabric and just get it wet and put it in there. It's really about adding moisture to it to extend the life. So that way it's got water to drink and keep the life of it going a little bit longer while it's in your refrigerator. Another use was if you have a frozen bag of bread, which we do this, we'll, when bread's on sale, we'll buy a bunch of it and throw, a bunch, and throw whatever we're not using into the deep freeze and we'll pull it out to thaw. So I do like this idea, putting a paper towel at the bottom of your bag of bread so that way when it thaws, it will soak up the moisture so that way your bread doesn't get soggy on the bottom half. Ah, here's what I've noticed. When I pull out frozen bread and let it thaw, Halfway through the thawing process, I just flip it over because if I keep it in one position, the top half of the bread will be stale and the bottom half will be soggy. So halfway through the thawing process, I flip it over and now all of the bread is thawed, none of it is soggy, and none of it is stale. That's my take. But if you are unable to flip it over, like if you pull it out in the morning, you have to go to work for the next eight hours, then again, you can put a cloth piece of fabric down there to do the exact same trick. <laughs> this is my favorite. You can use a paper towel as an emergency coffee filter. Well, I already have another solution for that. It's a reusable coffee filter. And then you don't even have to worry about it. Just buy a reusable one so that way you're not buying the paper coffee filters over and over and over. My husband actually did that. I don't drink coffee. I know, I know. That's a whole other discussion on why I'm so weird because I'm not a coffee person. But in the end, I don't drink coffee. So I don't really observe or pay attention to the coffee machine and how all that goes about but my husband, who's not even sustainably conscious, he's just financially conscience, conscious, he got the reusable coffee filter and put that in. So there are different ones, different sizes, so make sure you get one that goes with your machine. And if you really prefer your Keurig with your little cups, they do make reusable cups, the Keurig cups, where you can... It's the little tiny cup and you get the coffee that you like and you put it in that little tiny reusable cup and put that in the machine. So now you're not disposing those Keurig cups over and over and over. So I am excited to share that with you. For all you coffee people, there's definitely a way that you can take care of that. And with your coffee grounds, for those of you who don't know, there are a million things that you can do with leftover coffee grounds. That could be a whole episode in itself, but I'm going to try to finish this up for you. <laughs> but the coffee grounds, the best one that I have heard of is to put it in your garden. They keep the ants away. You can line it around the edges of your house. You can put it in your garden to keep the ants away. It's also good if you put it in your garden and mix it in with the soil, not a whole heavy amount. You don't need like inches of this stuff. It's not mulch, just a thin layer. It'll make it slightly acidic and some plants will really thrive in that acidic environment. I am not a super strong gardening person, so please pay attention to which plants will do better with that because some plants are not going to do so great with that. Some, majority, are going to do much better with a slightly acidic environment. You can also take that leftover coffee grounds and put it in a mason jar and you can make it your scrub that you keep in your shower. So you don't have to go out and buy that super expensive sugar scrub, body scrub, or whatever. You just use the coffee grounds. You can mix them in with different bases like a coconut oil or something. But think how amazing that is when you wake up in the morning and you're super sleepy and tired and you don't want to go to work. It's raining outside, blah, 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 yada. You climb in the shower, you turn that on, and you grab that 
coffee grounds and you start scrubbing it and you smell the coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I love the smell of coffee. I love walking to a coffee shop and just smelling it. I like the candles that are coffee scented. So to me, that is really awesome to scrub in the morning and you get that uh, and it just wakes you up. It perks you up with energy and you don't even have to drink it. Okay, okay, okay. We'll get back to the <laughs> back to the list of other uses for paper towels and how we can replace them. If you have a child <laughs> or a messy husband, it can remove crayon and other wax. So if your kid gets crayon on something that you don't want crayon on, it's very hard to wash that off. Or if you have a candle that you're walking around with and it drips, like if the power goes out and you drip candle wax on the carpet or something, they say to put down a paper towel and then put an iron on top of it and it will melt the wax and it will cling to the paper towel. Again, same thing with a scrap piece of cloth or an old rag. Just find other ways to reuse those things. And the good news is if, if you cannot part with paper towel, at least find some uses that you can swap out a cloth version for. But if there are some uses where like only paper towel is gonna work, like for me personally, it's the animal vomit or waste. <laughs> that, that's, I don't wanna use anything else. If you do a compost bin, the paper towel is very beneficial for your brown layer in the compost bin. I don't know a whole lot about compost. Remember, this is my sustainable journey too. I'm still learning all of this stuff, but for those of you who are a little bit ahead of me and you have your own compost bin, the paper towel will break down in your compost bin. Now that it's coming into summertime, campfire season, we're big fans of campfires in the backyard. That's usually our <laughs> very affordable date night. It's just a campfire in the backyard, some s'mores and peanut butter jelly sandwiches. But that's after the kid goes to bed. That's what we do. That's how we get our date time in. Then you can save the used paper towel and you can use that as a fire starter if you need to do that as well. Okay, that was a lot on paper towel. Now we'll move on to the rest of the kitchen, but paper towel does take up a huge majority of your kitchen usage. Moving on to the rest of the kitchen. Very, these are very simple if you're not doing them already. These are easy, easy. Disposable plates, cups, and utensils. Some people will use these every single day. They would rather buy these and toss these because they don't want to do dishes. They hate doing dishes, so they will buy disposable products just to avoid doing dishes. That is extremely expensive in the long run. Makes you kind of lazy in my personal opinion. I'm probably going to get slack for that, but it does make you look, I understand every once in a while, like if you have a party, if you have a, if you're hosting a Christmas party or Thanksgiving or something, and my family, there's 40 some people, that's, we don't even have enough, enough dishes in the house to do that. So then at least get the paper versions of these because those will biodegrade and you can use these again in your compost. You can use them to start a fire. At least get the paper version. Don't do the plastic ones. It's also good to have I do get that it's okay to have some of these disposable ones on hand in case of an emergency situation. We were in Florida for a few years. We survived Hurricane Irma. So right then and there, when you don't have running water and you're not going to have it for a few weeks, so you don't have any way to wash your dishes, you don't have another option. Or if you have a power outage, I, I get it. Sometimes it's good to have it, but just aim for the paper version. Definitely, definitely no to styrofoam and no to plastic. You can always get the, a paper version of these things, including the utensils. They have bamboo versions. They have compostable versions. There's other things that you can do for the utensils. Tupperware in the kitchen. If you currently have Tupperware and you're using it over and over again, great, keep it. That's fine. 
keep it out of landfills, keep it in your house, keep using it. It's not going to break down for another 250 years. So you could pass that along to your next generation <laughs> and the next one after that, and that's fine. If you are in need of some type of food storage container, if you don't already have Tupperware, I'm not saying throw the Tupperware out and go get something new, but if you're needing something, instead of going to buy Tupperware plastic, look into mason jars. You can definitely use that to store your food. All sorts of food. You could put salads in there. You could put soups in there. You, all sorts of leftovers. Mason jars come in all sorts of shapes and sizes as well. If you do not want to purchase mason jars, then just save your leftover food containers. Like the next time you have a jelly, a strawberry jam or a grape jelly, those come in glass containers. Utilize those. Save those. I've got a 10-month-old, so we have some baby food on hand. Especially for when we're out and about or someone's watching him, I'm not going to make them make <laughs> baby food or if we run out of homemade baby food. Now we've got these jars, this jarred food. So use that, and it's a glass jar. That's also great if you only need a little something, like uh, some raisins or some nuts, and you can put it in that little glass jar and use that to travel with. So you can, you can get them in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Definitely utilize your leftover food containers. Saran wrap. I don't really use saran wrap hardly ever. I'm pretty sure I bought a I bought a roll my first year out of college and I still have that roll. That is how rarely I have saran wrap. I've graduated. How long have I been out of college? I graduated in 2010 and it is now 2019. So at least nine years on the same roll. So that's pretty good. I really don't use it very often. If you do find yourself in the position of needing saran wrap, they do make beeswax wraps. I did look into these. I was not impressed. To me, they were expensive. It's basically cloth. And then they have uh, used jojoba oil, argon oil, pine resin, and then beeswax. I'm pretty sure it was those four ingredients. Pretty sure 99. Don't place money on it. But basically, they put the cloth down. They put all of those ingredients on top of it. Lay down a wax piece of paper. Take an iron and melt it all into the cloth. And then you use that, and it will form a seal, which is great. However, because it is beeswax, you cannot wash that cloth. You can. It even tells you to gently, only as needed, gently wash it. So you can use that to wrap up a cheese or a sandwich. But if you have meat, like a raw meat, you cannot wrap that because you cannot wash it and get the bacteria out. So, to me, these were expensive, not really that effective. It said up to 50 uses, 5-0, and the reality was maybe 10 uses, and then the wax started peeling off. So, yeah, if you make these yourself, then you can put on, you can always add wax back onto it and redo them. When I looked into it, it was going to be about $50 to buy all the ingredients. $50 to me was way too much money to do these beeswax wraps. It just, to me, it wasn't financially feasible. There are many other options available. There are a lot of silicone wraps or silicone lids. So if you can at least put the food item in some type of container, then there is a silicone lid and they're stretchy too. So they'll fit over all sorts of different shapes and sizes. So that one to me makes a little bit more sense. It's about the same price as the beeswax wrap, but you're definitely getting a whole lot more than 10 uses out of it. Oh, this has been a long podcast so far. I hope that everybody is still there. <laughs> Thank you for making it to the end of the podcast. I hope that you had a wonderful time talking with me, and I hope that you at least learned a couple of things from this long podcast. You may not be able to incorporate all of these into your home, but if you could just take away one or two of these and slowly incorporate it into your home going forward, 
Every little step is helping. Every little thing that we do is helping. And that is the goal of this podcast and doing all this work is to spread the message that you don't have to do all of it. But if you can do just one more thing than what you were doing before, we're going to make this world a better place. We're going to make it last a little bit longer. and We're going to leave it cleaner and better for the next generations. So thank you again. And I will talk to you all next week. Have a great one.